Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on Power Electronics technologies and products featured on PowerElectronicsNews.com and through other as Pencor Media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges, and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial, and consumer. Here is your host, editor-in-chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and eeweb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilia. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of Power Up. Today I would like to tell you about uh, my experience during APEC, uh, APEC 2022, back in person, finally. APEC is one of the most important power electronics events. Many people from academia and the industry had the chance to discuss the latest on gallium nitride and silicon carbide. During the conference, I had the opportunity to speak with so many experts and ventured further and further into this amazing wideband gap ecosystem. Calium nitride and silicon carbide are the future, but silicon will always play a role, and new updates on the wafer are bound to improve its characteristics. Indeed, Applied Novel Devices is working with Skywater technology on a new transistor technology that offers significant benefits for fast switching power conversion applications. The power MOSFETs offer two times lower output charge, near zero reverse recovery by uh, applied novel devices proprietary channel engineering technology. This means is silicon back? We will see what happens next. I will publish an article in details about this technology. Stay tuned. I have talked with several speakers and asked about APEC's latest news and how they felt about uh, being back in person. On the first day, I attended the seminars by Fred Wong, professor at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and Victor Veliadis, Silicon Carbide professor, Power America and North Carolina State University. Fred talked about the merging high-voltage silicon carbide devices for grid applications with a focus on the potential benefits of high-voltage silicon carbide at both the converter equipment and system levels. Victor talked about wideband gap bidirectional switches and their impact on future AC power converters and applications. He mentioned silicon carbide-like vertical devices and GAN-like lateral ones. Let's start with Fred and then go on to Victor. I am here with uh, Fred Wong, professor of University Tennessee, Connexi. Hi, Fred. Thanks a lot uh, for uh, for having you in this podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. So you talked uh, at APEC about silicon carbide-based uh, power electronics for grid applications. But uh, before that, uh, I was going this first day about APEC that is back after two years in person. Yeah, I'm actually excited, you know, after all this long break and so many old friends and so very happy to be here. So how is important to have uh, for the next uh, future of energy a smart grid, but also silicon carbide-based uh, solutions for the next, uh, for the future of energy? 
Yeah, so as I explained in my lecture or seminar, uh, you know, the future electrical system, energy system, uh, have lots of power electronics-based equipment, more and more, both you know, from a source side and uh, load side and also even delivery. And so efficiency and capability, you know, reaction fast is always important, and silicon carbide can help uh, in that regard you know, compared with traditional silicon, uh, silicon solutions. Yeah. So what we need to do again in terms of cost or efficiency for uh, silicon carbide just to guarantee a strong adoption for the next grid? Yeah, I guess uh, if you look at the, you know, I'm focusing on this so-called high-voltage silicon carbide, but if you uh, look at the trajectory of low-voltage silicon carbide, right, when it first started and people always worry about cost and uh, reliability and all those things, um, but uh, you know now people realize, like in EV application, everybody believes you know, silicon carbide is a better solution uh, from uh, you know, energy loss standpoint. In the end, it translates to cost reduction. That's why people use it, right? not because it's actually it's it's a saving energy. It's really saving cost. Uh, reliability is there too. So um, for grid, uh, because it's a relatively um, emerging application is not there yet compared with uh, the great, I mean, the, the low voltage EV application. So uh, it just needs uh, basically more application scenario, like what I presented, a killer application for it. For example, if we see many microgrids coming up um, at medium voltage, probably we will see more push on technology. Eventually, the cost will be low enough that will justify the benefits to use in the system. Actually, it will have better system benefits than in a EV case. I personally feel you know, that, that uh, you know, we just need uh, more applications, I think. <laughs> okay, so the question is um, about uh, lateral GAN uh, versus vertical GAN. So lateral GAN is commercially available uh, from 100 volts up to 650 volts, and there's a company called Transform uh, that offers lateral GAN at 900 volts. So if you make a lateral device, the breakdown voltage that it's capable of handling has to do with the separation of the gate and drain electrodes. So the bigger the voltage, the further apart they need to be spaced. So that means that the die, the chip, has to become larger and larger in area as you go up in voltage. So there's two drawbacks to that. One of them is you make the larger die, you might, you're going to increase the, the resistance. The second drawback is if you make a large die, you're taking up too much space on the wafer, and that's the biggest issue. Uh, so the fewer devices you make out of a wafer, the more it's going to cost. So up to 650 volts, the gate-to-drain separation is reasonable with respect to getting enough dye out of the wafer. Once you exceed that level, then you really need to go into vertical. Now, if you make a vertical device, whether the rating is 650 volts or 10 kV, to a first approximation, the area that it takes, the lateral area, the real estate that it takes on the surface of the wafer is the same. The only thing that will change from 650 to 10 kV is the edge termination, which as you increase the voltage needs to be a little further spaced out. Uh, but that's kind of, you know, that's a minor, minor 
uh, change in area compared to the overall uh, large die. So you see all the uh, vertical um, devices are you know 900 volts, 1200 volts and up. Now at 650, uh, the GAN, the GAN, the power GAN hemped is is a good device. It makes uh, absolutely makes uh, financial sense with respect to the number of die you get per wafer. And uh, silicon carbide is also competing in that area, but it's competing as a vertical uh, device because um, throughout the uh, the R&D of uh, silicon carbide, the idea was to do high voltage, go into a vertical configuration. So a lot of the problems with making a vertical device, actually all of the problems with making a vertical device have been solved. Mm -hmm. So it's only natural that silicon carbide at 650 volts will be a vertical device versus coming in with a new uh, way of doing a lateral device uh, kind of for the first time. Uh, it can be done, uh, but there's no reason to do all that R&D when you have the vertical device that works well. And all you need to do to go to 650 from 1200 volts is just reduce the thickness of the drift layer. Um, you know, 650 will be about four microns or so with a doping of 10 to the 16th. And that should be able to, to get you there. Uh, we will have Victor uh, for the next power up 2022. Can you, can you tell us in preview what you are going to, to present for our opening? Yes. So, first of all, I'm, I'm honored to be part of uh, of this, of, to be invited to um, basically contribute to this conference. So, what I wanted to talk about is the uh, fabrication of uh, silicon carbide. Now, if you look at uh, GAN, it's the lateral GAN that's being uh, that's commercially available. It's the most compatible. It's made at large silicon uh, foundries like TSMC. On the other hand, uh, if you have a silicon foundry fabricating silicon carbide will require developing new processes and the availability of new tools. So what I want to um, basically give an introduction to is the processes that are specific to silicon carbide and don't exist in silicon. So we take the mature processes from silicon, we don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, so what is it that we need to do in addition to that to make silicon carbide devices? What tools are needed and what type of investment is needed in order to take a silicon foundry or fab and turn it into a fab that can also process silicon carbide. And that's a very common model. Infineon, uh, ST Microelectronics, Microchip, XFab, all these places are primarily uh, silicon places. That's where their large volume is. But they also do silicon carbide. In certain cases, they also do GAN on the same production, um, you know, production fabs, same production lines. So that's what I want to uh, basically give some information about. So... APEC is back in person after two years. So this is the first time that we, we meet. So what's, what is your feeling? What's your thought about uh, this new, I mean, edition of APEC in person? Yeah, so it's always exciting to, you know, to put the, you know, the face behind the conversations. We've been in a virtual world. We've been blessed in the sense that we're able to communicate and have video. Uh, but being able to communicate one-on-one -on -one and have meetings and especially the networking aspect which you don't find in the virtual world and many people will tell you that a lot of the I would call them breakthroughs right a lot of the breakthroughs or the important conversations really happen outside the presentation we can always get a hold of the presentation right but being able to see the questions and uh, being able to you know meet people who work in that area and discuss certain issues uh, that you cannot find. So I think it's also a good opportunity for all of us to kind of get together, have a social event. You know, we work with each other for, you know, many, many years. It's actually a good thing to get together and uh, spend some time together. So I'm, I'm very happy about uh, being able to go back in person. I hope it, uh, it stays that way. Thank you, Ikito. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. 
At APEC, Rome introduced GAN devices. Along with mass-producing uh, silicon carbide and silicon devices, Rome has developed GAN devices that achieve high-frequency operation in the medium voltage range, allowing the company to provide power solutions for a wider range of applications. Let's listen to Jay Barrus, president of Rome Semiconductors America. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us here at, uh, at the Rome Semiconductor booth. Uh, Maurizio, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Uh, just uh, today's uh, the opening day, and uh, we can see that there's a, a tremendous number of people here, uh, and we're, we're very impressed with what's happening uh, so far at the show. Uh, here at uh, the Rome Semiconductor booth, uh, in particular, we're focusing on uh, uh, wideband gap uh, type devices, silicon carbide, uh, gallium nitride uh, type devices, uh, and the, the show is going very well. We've already had, uh, in a very short period of time, I already had quite a few people come by. And uh, so we're, we're very uh, optimistic with what, uh, what we see here and uh, the devices that we're offering for the, for the community. So very excited about it. Alex Lidl, CEO at EPC, has shown the latest solutions in gallium nitride, such as 48 volt CDC for high density computing and automotive. GAN-based motor drives for a vast range of applications, such as autonomous robots, e-mobility and drones, to reduce size and weight, extend range and increase reliability. Moreover, GAN-based USB-C fast chargers can be up to 40% smaller and charge 2.5 times faster than traditional silicon-based chargers. Moreover, Michael DeRoy, Vice President of Applications, and Marco Palma, Director of Motor Drive Systems and Applications, both at Efficient Power Conversion Corporation, EPC, talked during a seminar about the benefits of GAN to BLDC motor drives, design, performance, cooling, and reliability. Let's listen to Alex. So, Maurizio, it's so good to be back at APEC in person. You know, it's like when you haven't seen people for three years, everything seems to change. But so's the industry. So we've seen that, you know, three years ago, most everything here was MOSFETs and IGBTs. Now most everything at APEC is silicon carbide and mostly GAN. So we've really seen the progress that gallium nitrides made in the power industry. And I predict that, you know, between silicon carbide and gallium nitride, that's going to take over the entire power industry, maybe in the next decade. Uh, now, here, what we're showing at, at APEC is, you know, certainly the product of our latest generations of GAN devices, particularly our ICs. Uh, ICs are the future of GAN. We've integrated quite a bit onto power stages and LiDAR systems. Uh, we focused at APEC on 48 volts. Anything that runs anywhere near 48 volts is much better off with GAN. GAN is cheaper than MOSFETs and is thermally more efficient than MOSFETs and is a whole lot smaller than MOSFETs. So we're seeing it is an easy sell to somebody who has anything running around 48 volts, and that's like servers, e-scooters, e-bikes, uh, and you know, host of robots and things like that. Tagore Technology displayed for, for the first time at APEC their 650 volt GAN power supply solutions with decreased sites. Let's listen to Amitava Das, CEO of Tagore Technology. Okay, hi Amitava. Uh, so, APEC is back uh, in person after three years, I guess. Uh, what's your feeling? Uh, what's your thought about uh, APEC that is back in person? 
Yeah, it is great to be back in person. In fact, uh, I kind of forgot to travel uh, with such a long break. So we had to find all my packing bags and everything uh, to travel. And it is great to see uh, many of old colleagues face to face. We we saw them in, in Zoom and others, but it's really good to connect to them. Uh, and some of them has grown a little bit older than I remember, but it's uh, good to uh, connect back again. And, and uh, it's really quite refreshing. So, what are you showing during these uh, days? Tell me more about uh, your products that we can find at APEC. Yeah, so Tagore actually is a is a GAN company. We started uh, as an RF GAN company in 2011, and and we and we are very well known in the RF GAN area, and in the power GAN area we started about four years ago. So this is our first uh, appearance in APEC. Uh, whereas we appear regularly in IMS, which is the microwave conference. So this year, what we have brought is we have brought um, products that our customers are selling. So rather than showing what we can do, we have actually are here to show what our customers are doing with our IC. And we have got like a very small charger with 65 watt with only 30 cc volume. Very nice with the planar transformer. Then we got one uh, very uh, compact uh, 400 watt uh, power supply with um, PFC and LLC uh, topology. So overall, these are the showpieces that we got that customers are uh, selling as a product. Um, now we also got um, our reference designs. Um, for example, we recently um, uh, took the uh, the totem pole PFC controller IC from ON, which was recently released, and then we built a totem pole PFC and LLC reference design. Um, and the, right now it's for 240 watt, but we are going up the chain. We also have a nice one kilowatt charger, very compact, using planar transformer, using phase shifted full bridge that also we are showing. So essentially, power supply to show what our GAN ICs could do. We are a GAN IC supplier and we demonstrate the uh, efficacy of our design, our product through our customer's product. Dennis Markham, General Manager at InnoScience Technology, highlighted during our meeting about their latest collaboration with specialized gate driver houses. We wrote InnoScience Technology with several articles on powerelectronicsnews.com. According to Dennis, we are entering a new phase for GAN technology where there is a need to provide high-volume manufacturing and security to, of supply to support all of the new GAN-based applications. Here's what Dennis says about that. Okay, hi Dennis. Uh, so we are in uh, APEC these days. So APEC is back after a few years. Uh, in person, it's back in person. Tell me what what is your thought, what is your feeling after these years to meet in person, your uh, colleague, friends? Yeah, actually, indeed, it's great to be back in person in APEC after two years that we say we've been doing a conference call and video call. So seeing some old friends, but also see some uh, people that I met only in a 2D world, let's say, to see them in 3D world. And uh, very exciting uh, to see them all and to see the, uh, that uh, finally APEC, we can meet and uh, the power community can meet again to discuss about all the news and new technology. In terms of GAN, what are you showing? What, is, uh, what are you expecting from uh, your 
technology and from also these days at APEC. Yeah. yeah, so today what we are showing, actually we bring uh, InnoScience really to the attention of APEC as the largest 18-inch Ganon silicon manufacturer. And we show the, that we bring Gan to the next level in terms of manufacturing to really uh, produce Gan in a mass volume and to serve a market that is booming today. Um, from our side, we show our technology, our product. Uh, we also saw several demos that take advantage of GAN. Particularly today, uh, we are highlighting the usage of uh, uh, high voltage and low voltage uh, GAN device in a PD charger, in a AC to DC adapter, for instance, where basically using GAN not only on the primary side, but also on the secondary side, so with low voltage gun, you can, let's say, close the last mile and reach even higher efficiency. And more important, you reach uh, much higher power density. So we can get very, very compact uh, adapter, which is very beneficial to the, uh, to the customer. And we also have several other uh, products that we showcase from DC-DC converter, and all of that taking advantage of our gun and to prove the, the quality of our device. Device. Navitas Semiconductor has announced breakthrough 40 million units and a breakthrough 20-year limited warrant for its GAN-fast technology. At APEC, moreover, GAN Systems showcased their latest onboard charger, traction inverter and DC-to-DC converter solutions. Let's listen to Stephen Oliver, Vice President, Corporate Marketing and Investor at Navitas Semiconductor, and Jim Witam, CEO at GAN Systems. Okay, so, Steven, after three years I see you, uh, APEC is back in person, after three years, uh, I guess. So what do you think, what's your feeling, what's your thought? Thanks, Maurizio, yes, three, three years since we've uh, seen each other. Um, APEC is back. I think uh, the numbers might not quite be here. I think we're 60 or 70% of the numbers. But I think the number of companies, the number of customers, the number of partners is the same as ever. So big guys, I won't name names, but big customers come, instead of having five people this time, they've got one or two, but they're asking the same questions, you know, when can I get the part? What's new? What's exciting? And APEC is still the number one show. Okay, what's new? Tell me Navitas, what, uh, what are you showing? What's new? Uh, there's a lot of new about Navitas, um, but there's also some uh, fundamental work that we've been doing. We announced this week that we'd shipped over 40 million units, and we've had zero GAN-related field failures. So we've got a really good quality track record. That goes for the quality of the product and also the way that we can help the system be more reliable. So one of the things that we've done uh, recently has introduced our GANFAST power ICs with GANSense technology. And now these devices can sense a problem within the circuit and protect against it within 30 nanoseconds. So the whole system gets more reliable. And that's why we were also able to declare a 20-year warranty for our GANFAST power ICs. Yeah, Maurizio, it is awesome to be here in person at APEC. Um, it's been three years. There's lots of people that we've only seen on Zoom um, over the past couple of years. And to reconnect and see people in person is wonderful. 
Here on the GAN Systems booth, we're, we're showing off um, a variety of our different customer products in the consumer marketplace. We've got lots of chargers for phones and computers. We've got some great um, audio demonstrators. In the industrial world, world we're focusing on e-scooters and e-mobility. In the data centers, on really super small power supplies and in wireless charging, uh, charging consumer electronics. What I wanted to focus on with you here was um, our automotive um, offering. Um, automotive is a super important market segment for GAN systems and a super important market segment for the world in terms of reducing our CO2 footprint. And in addition to showing onboard chargers, traction inverters, and DC to DC converters that use GAN, we're also showing off um, two new things. One in our discrete product line, our AutoQual Plus, 60 amp, 650 volt um, products that are used mainly in the DC to DC converters and onboard chargers. And we're also showing off some new age, new generation power modules that have very tight um, gate loops um, for super performance and getting uh, all the performance out of the great GAN die. So that's what's happening um, here at APEC. Uh, um, for all your uh, customers out there, when you have needs for GAN and automotive, um, look up GAN systems. Thanks. In terms of GAN, next-gen power systems demonstrated its technologies powered by vertical GAN devices with new power supply solutions. During the press conference, Doug Bailey, Vice President Marketing, and Andy Smith, Director of Training, both at Power Integrations, introduced Hyper-LCS2 and Hyper-PFS5. Transform introduced their GAN portfolio, which includes 650 volt and 900 volt devices with various packages. I talked with Sadia Dixit, FSB, about a new GAN epitaxy wafer, about uh, which I wrote an article on powerelectronicsnews.com titled Unlocking Low-Cost Large-Scale Superior Quality of GAN Wafer via FSB's Technology. Let's listen to Dinesh Ramanathan, CEO at NextGen Power Systems, Doug Bailey, Vice President Marketing at Power Integrations, Philip Zak, Technical Marketing Applications and Business Development at Transform, and Satya Dixit, Board Member and Advisor at FSB. So we, we are very happy to, to be back at APEC. Uh, we like APEC. We, we were here in 2019. Um, and now after an absence of two years, we're back. Um, we, we are demonstrating a lot of very interesting technology. And uh, more importantly, it's very, very good to meet people in person like you and I are getting together. Because um, otherwise, it's only been through Zoom. Yeah, so you you are providing a vertical GAN technology, so what are you showing? What is your best product that you are showing in these days? Sure. So we have two products that we're showing. So um, NextGen is a vertically integrated systems company. So it's taking its vertical gallium nitride products, including them in systems, showcasing those systems and then selling those systems to customers. The first system that we are showcasing is a 240-watt power supply, which is 20 watts a cubic inch and significantly smaller than anything else that's out there in the marketplace. And we are showing a 20-watt isolated driver, which is also significantly smaller than any, anything else that's out there in the marketplace. The driver as a LED driver. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm very happy to be back at APEC. Uh, it's a wonderful show. We really missed it over the last few years. It was so tragic how it got cancelled just a few days before the start of the show in, uh, uh, I guess, 2020 now. Uh, so 
yeah, I'm glad to be back. The show's actually good. I, I would, did, wasn't sure what to expect, uh, but uh, we've had a reasonable number of people come by, and the people who've come by have been very interested in, in the product. So uh, in the, the vernacular is tire kickers. We had very few tire kickers and a lot of, uh, of really serious people, so I'm very happy with the show, and it's, it's been a great uh, restart. Uh, what we're showing is our new uh, GAN-based power factor corrector product. Uh, it's, as far as I know, the first integrated GAN power factor corrector. Uh, the intent of that part is a, uh, extremely high efficiency. You can go up to 240 watts without a heatsink. Um, what else can I tell you about it? It's, um, uh, it's in a tiny little INSOP 28 package, which is a, one of our uh, small packages suitable for integration into adapters. But it's also a great product for um, appliances or TVs, uh, even power supplies for things like um, e-bike chargers or set-top boxes. Sure, you know, it's nice to be back at APEC. It's been three years. We haven't, uh, you know, we haven't seen a lot of our colleagues here uh, or former past colleagues for, for a number of years. And it's great to be back to see everybody's face and actually to see how GAN has adopted over the last, since basically, you know, the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 is when basically the hockey stick started happening. So now we're seeing, you know, our GAN competitors, silicon carbide competitors, you know, there's more opportunities out there. The markets are large. The nice thing about having large markets is that everybody can win, right? So <clears throat> the partnerships that we created over the years, it just it's, it's good to see everybody coming back, right? And seeing what everybody's doing, how they're innovating, right? We've done a significant amount of innovation ourselves, you know, being vertically integrated, owning the manufacturing, owning the epi and owning the design allows us to innovate like no other GAN supplier. Right, we have demonstrated 600 volts. I mean, we've demonstrated 1200 volts. We've demonstrated short circuit protection, and we're going to continue to evolve our technology as we move forward. We see a lot of opportunities to do that with our R&D and CTO team in uh, in, in Galita, in our head office, and we're and we're growing. Right, um, it's it's a great place for us to be. So we're we're excited about the future. Hi Satya, so we are uh, at APEC. APEC is back in person after three years. Tell me what's, what's your feeling? This is the best feeling ever because Power Electronics, this is the only show and uh, we missed everything for the last three years. And this excites everyone and when I see people are opening up and uh, I, I know it is a little thinner than the previous uh, uh, sessions we used to have in person but uh, people have woken up and those who go back will tell everyone that this is the best show and uh, I am so excited to meet uh, most of the companies I wanted to meet in person which uh, was surreal <laughs> really nice so how is going uh, what's your business what are you showing during these days we are showing the uh, freestanding GAN membrane and that is uh, to replace the current technology of GAN and silicon to prepare your uh, uh, GAN epi wafers at highest quality, like GAN and silicon carbide kind of quality and scalability of the uh, wafer size. And uh, 
reduce the thickness and eliminate the buffers and the device companies are really excited to see this because uh, they can have now the best quality devices for high voltages and RF applications and opto applications and in the power uh, solutions uh, this is one of the killer applications where they have uh, our uh, GAN and uh, silicon carbide remote epitaxy and 2D layer transfer brings the freestanding GAN. Silicon carbide SIC or SIC, a semiconductor material composed of silicon and carbon is used to manufacturing power devices for high voltage applications such as electric vehicles, power supplies, motor control circuits and inverters. Silicon carbide offers several advantages over conventional silicon-based power devices such as IGBT and MOSFETs which have long dominated the market. I spoke with Asa Kirby, product line manager at Skyworks, who gave me an overview of the latest e-mobility options. I have also had the pleasure to chat with Usain Atab, engineer at Onsemi, Peter Fredericks, senior director of Silicon Garbite at Infineon, Rob Weber, product line director Silicon Garbite Solutions at Microchip, Vernon Rogers, executive vice president sales and marketing at AEHR Systems, and Dennis Riccio, co-founder and CEO at Xtrinsic. You will hear them talking in the following podcast. So I'm, I'm excited to have APEC back in person. This feels like a really interesting way to start again, because we were preparing for APEC 2020. And we ultimately, you know, were not able to attend. We actually built some demos that are here today for APEC 2020, and we had to shelf them because the, sh the trade show, you know, was canceled. And here we are for the first time getting back together in person. It feels good. I'm really happy to be here, and I'm excited to do this show. Uh, when it comes to automotive, wideband gap, and in particular driving these devices, we have a couple of exciting new products and, well, we have some revisions to some products that are built specifically for this. I think maybe the best one for me to focus on, and you're going to see it actually in these three demo pods, and so I'll kind of walk you through, but it's really this guy. The SI828X, now this product in particular we're showing here is the 8284. This is an isolated single channel gate driver that we purposefully just relaunched with a higher common mode transient immunity, specifically because of the switching requirements of silicon carbide and gallium nitride. This product in particular has found a really uh, strong place in driving silicon carbide, not just because of that higher common mode transient immunity, we've also added another undervoltage lockout level uh, at 13 volts because a lot of the, you know, silicon carbide that's coming on the market requires a gate voltage closer to 15, 18 volts, and you really need to keep it above threshold, you need to be above 13 volts. So we've added that undervoltage lockout level. Um, we've also optimized our desaturation detection. In fact, the better place to show that actually is right over here, if you'll follow me. So we're really excited here. Uh, we've worked closely with our friends over at Wolfspeed to um, better drive their uh, uh, silicon carbide modules. In particular, this uh, isolated gate driver board uses that same SI828X gate driver. So this is a newly launched or relaunched product revision. One of its big benefits is how fast it can shut down 
in a desaturation detection event, right? Because one of the problems with driving silicon carbide at high speeds is that they are more delicate in the short circuit condition. Because they conduct so well, right, they're going to dissipate a massive amount of power and they will they will turn to confetti, for lack of a better term. How is important this, uh, this uh, parameter, I mean, the short circuit response for electric vehicles? Uh, it's critical to be able to get these types of products adopted into electric vehicles because for safety purposes, you need to be able to handle all types of conditions. A short circuit is a common condition in a half-bridge scenario that you need to control for. And so in a short circuit condition, shutting down fast enough to keep the switch uh, you know, usable is critical. Now with an IGBT, they're fairly large devices. They can take more power before they have a damage. But for silicon carbide, we want to shut down quickly. And so we worked hard through some additional components on the board. We really tuned these components and were able to achieve a really uh, short circuit response. Uh, well, uh, thank you for, first of all for the opportunity and uh, uh, coming back in person is, a, is, is really a, a great deal for me because you get to know a lot of uh, experts in the field and you can exchange information face to face away from the computer. So I think it's, it's, a, it's really a big deal. So what are you showing during this uh, conference in particular? From electric vehicle point of view, silicon carbide. Uh, what's the uh, the battle about uh, GAN and silicon carbide? Yeah. So what we are showing here is uh, uh, an evaluation board for an uh, onboard charger for electric vehicle, and the main objective is to showcase our silicon carbide technology in uh, a typical application that my, our customer might use. So uh, the battle always uh, uh, coming from question uh, from the uh, customer, sorry, is it uh, GAN or silicon carbide? Uh, to me, is, uh, as a former designer, um, I would look at the challenges in the design. And because of the silicon carbide is still a MOSFET, from the gate driving uh, technology is still uh, similar to a MOSFET with a little bit difference in terms of how much the uh, gate level voltage. So uh, in terms of uh, other parasitic, I think uh, the technology has advanced a lot. So it's easy for the designer to adopt a silicon carbide MOSFET based design rather than uh, a GAN because GAN as a technology, uh, it behaves differently. Uh, it is very fast device, so dealing with a fast device is not an easy task for a PCB designer due to the parasitic or, which exists in a typical PCB. So uh, the design effort that uh, a designer can put in designing GAN, it will be much more difficult than a, a typical silicon carbide MOSFET. But at the end, if I, if I can achieve my objective, the design objective with silicon carbide, why I don't go for a, a simple way? Logically, I would choose that way. Yeah, okay, so what is exciting about being back to Epic in person? Uh, absolutely, it's the personal exchange between the people talking to each other, um, learning to know people which you met only virtually over many, many 
months and years uh, or even people which are new in the field which you have never seen well that's the exciting part about APEC uh, in person what is amazing this year here is um, the trend that white band gap becomes mainstream is becoming more and more visible so in the previous events uh, of course there have been certain aspects regarding white band gap presented in the conference and also in, in the show but it seems to be the dominant theme uh, for the APEC right now um, what do we expect yeah of course to, to share our uh, future plans for white band gap in particular silicon carbide uh, this includes of course uh, new products which will be uh, launched uh, within the next few months uh, adding very nice new features uh, giving a little bit of tease of that so PCIM will be then the point in time where it uh, will also be uh, released and uh, to the public um, yeah, and also uh, we discuss very often with our customers uh, the typical topics of today meaning supply security how to manage ramp etc so try to explain our uh, investments which we just decided uh, to establish new fabs uh, to facilitate uh, a partial transition from silicon to white band cap uh, so this is also a matter of fact that uh, IGBT technology yes will be very strong also in the future but uh, more products will move over to white band gap than we may have expected one or two years ago and of course this is a very important aspect to discuss how, how to execute on that uh, how to manage the flexibility whether uh, right it, it does not come how it's predicted right now so these are the major topics we're talking about well, I have to tell you, this has been just so exciting. I mean, if you recall, we were all getting ready to go to APEC two years ago when it was shut down. So that means it's been three years since I've seen a lot of people. And uh, I couldn't help myself. Some I came up to and gave a big hug to. Just so excited to see uh, so many friends and colleagues that uh, I've missed for such a long period of time. Yeah, so very excited during these days. So tell me what are you showing in particular, what is, uh, I mean, uh, what uh, what's news from Microchip in terms of silicon carbide, but not only? Yeah, so with silicon carbide, we uh, just introduced our 3.3 kV devices. Uh, we now have the lowest RDS on as well as the highest current rated diodes and lowest RDS on on the MOSFETs on the market today. And that's enabled us to broaden our range of offerings from 700 volt to 3.3 kV and from die to discrete to MOSFETs and we even offer gate drivers. So for us the excitement is being able to offer the broadest line of voltage classes, current ratings and and systems of anybody on the market. Thank you. Yeah. I think there's there's two comments. One, some people have not attended, right? Some people still have, I think, not decided to show up. And I still think the global economic uh, pandemic has done that. But I mean, you know, so today just started, right? So we're in the, I guess, the pre-start because tomorrow it officially opens, right? But I think, you know, people are excited. Um, but I think we're early. We'll see. I think people are excited just to get back together, right? As you said, but remember 18 months ago, two years ago, the world was pretty much, you know, internal combustion engines. And over the last, what, two years, the industry and I think the sediment has changed, right? 
and obviously EV, green, you know, be be nice to the environment, I think is driving it. So we'll see, we'll see quite a bit. I think, you know, inherently, right now for the first 10 minutes at the show, it's pretty good so far. <laughs> so Silicon Garbide, so tell me what, uh, what do you think about Silicon Garbide? What is the future? What, what are the challenges about Silicon Garbide from your perspectives? What are you showing in these days? So I think two things, you know, Silicon Carbide, I believe there's been many topics written about it, shown about, right, just purely the efficiency, right? Uh, two, efficiency and simplification of a design, right? You get the efficiency, the design simplification reduces the weight, which then, again, feeds itself back into efficiency in the automobile or any transportation device. You know, the challenges... You know, silicon carbide has been around before silicon. If you take a look at historically, right? Silicon carbide has been there longer. Uh, it has many challenges and it continues, you know, to, from a manufacturing standpoint, really the, the challenge gets to be is the compound semi and being able to produce devices that are repeatable, right? Um, reliable and predictable is where we see the, the focus today. And modules, right, which is really where we're seeing the market turn in probably the last six to 10 months, the industry has really started to drive modules where bare dye is critical, where wafers become more and more critical in you know, their performance and quality. And so that today drives for areas, right? From an air perspective, The benefit we have today is we've been working on wafers for many, many years, 15, 20 years. And so the evolution of silicon carbide to wafers and dye tests is a, is a perfect storm for us, right? And the ability to deliver high quality wafers and devices is what we're doing today for our customer base. Well, for me, APEC was more about the networking and meeting you in particular and talking to some other folks in the silicon carbide area. Otherwise, it's mainly a device, device technology show. So I'm glad to see it back on the air, and it's really good in terms of what's going on in the industry. So you are uh, here like, uh, so to visit uh, several uh, booths, uh, companies to understand uh, what's news during uh, for this industry so my question what's news from your perspective well from my perspective it's been a pretty consistent message that the future and the growth of silicon carbide is you know unarguable it's going to happen and having said that the devices are there and they're an extension of the existing power devices but the real key is what goes on behind the scenes in order to realize the supply chain to match the demand it's critical that people know it's all dependent on starting from the powder growing bulls pucks and all the way through the wafering line epi ready epi and into device and right now the industry is not well set to be able to support the growth so in my view keeping track of OnSemi and Rome and Wolfspeed and Infineon and the various companies that are leaders in this area uh, on the device side is one thing. But I think we need to get the word out that there's more to the story. And in this case, materials are the key. And then the transition to 200 millimeter will also help drive costs down, increase the supply. At APEC, Keysight Technologies highlighted the importance of testing and measurements for wideband gap solutions. Thermal testing, specialized and in general purpose electronic instrumentation, 
and high-speed, high-current connection all play a part in bringing high-quality wideband gap devices to the market and accelerating their adoption in applications ranging from renewable energy to electric vehicles. Texas Instruments, with its booth, has highlighted the next power management design challenges, such as increasing power density, reducing electromagnetic interference, EMI, and extending reliability. Empower Semiconductor displayed the company's latest integrated voltage regulators, IVR, alongside innovative silicon-based alternatives to conventional capacitors. I have also had the pleasure to chat with Steve Lambuses, Vice President and General Manager at Texas Instruments, Stephen Lee, Product Manager at Keysight Technologies, and Steve Schaltis, SVP of Sales and Marketing at Empower Semiconductor. They will talk in the podcast below. Lee Emanuel of Coil Windings and John DeKramer of BH Electronics were also among the presenters. Lee and John work in several sectors, including magnetic components. The rise of wideband gap devices in the market has posed new challenges for passives and magnetics on, on the board. I spoke with J.C. Sun of BSNT last time, and you can read several articles and an interview with him on magnetic problems on powerelectronicsnews.com. Yeah, thanks, Mauricio. First of all, welcome to your first APEC. I hope to see you at, uh, at many more. And I would say for this, uh, for me, what I'm excited about first is to get back in person uh, and then to also see the connection between academia and the industry like we had talked about. A lot of great topics and technical presentations and industry sessions. And then, of course, the demos where we can see now the work over the last two years and even more live uh, in person within the uh, within the booths here. So. So, in terms of uh, technology for Texans Instrument, what are you showing? What you are expecting in these uh, days, in particular in terms of GAN? Yeah, I would say consistent to what we have been talking about for the last few years, it's all about power density. Um, it's all about uh, low IQ solutions for battery-operated solutions. It's all about low EMI-based uh, solutions. Uh, it's all about isolation, both basic, basic and reinforced isolation. Um, and, uh, and so when you think about these, uh, the industry trends where everything's headed, it's about putting more power in smaller spaces. And, and when you start to cram things closer together, you have to worry about EMI. And so how do you mitigate EMI from within the chip, within the solution, so you don't have to do it externally? That feeds into the power density. Um, and then, of course, isolation, as you look about 6.6 kilowatt uh, onboard charger demo that we have, or 11 kilowatt onboard charger, all these uh, require reinforced isolation. Uh, so those are the trends. That's a lot of the technology that we're building into uh, the entire portfolios, I would say, across TI, not just one product family. Uh, would be those trends that are tying with what the industry is looking for. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Hey, Mauricio. Well, yeah, first of all, it's really great to be traveling again and to, to be able to come out and see really all the major uh, players in the power electronics industry and um, see what the industry trends are. And um, there really have been a, um, quite a bit of changes over the last few years. And it's nice to see all this new technology and seeing the wide band gap world um, really taking a couple, couple steps forward even more this year. So, yep, very exciting times indeed. In particular, in terms of uh, gallium nitride and silicon carbide, why test and measurements from your perspective will be important? 
Yeah, so, you know, at Keysight, uh, what we have is really an entire workflow um, around silicon carbide and gallium nitride. And at our booth here, you can see that we have things that allows you to take measurements and to characterize these devices, GAN, silicon carbide, IGBT, traditional silicon MOSFETs. And we can take that, take those measurements, we can create models, we can do device modeling, and then use those models um, to do circuit simulations. So when you're building your switching converters, uh, either an inverter or DC-DC converter, whatever topology you're using, we're able to help you uh, design those circuits and also take you to the post-layout stage as well, where you can simulate what happens when those circuits go on an actual printed circuit board. Then after you do that, um, you know, have your first prototype, we have test and measurement equipment, like oscilloscopes, power supplies, loads, that allows you to, val uh, to validate the design and help you get to a final, uh, final stage in that workflow. So that's kind of what we're really showing at our booth today. Hi, Maurizio. Yeah, this is a great question. So, uh, one, it's certainly good to be back face-to-face. -face. Um, what I found at APAC this year is um, <clears throat> it's light in total foot traffic, but the, the amount of people coming through, the quality of the conversations and the quality of the discussions, especially for Empower Semiconductor, have been uh, very successful for us. Uh, we are demonstrating our integrated voltage regulator technology here uh, in our booth, including our dynamic voltage scaling capability, our transient response, as well as our thermal performance. There's been a lot of interest in that uh, regarding the IVR, so uh, very successful in, in my opinion. We've also had many conversations on our ECAP silicon capacitor technology, um, which the industry as a whole is typically not quite aware of, but we're making a uh, concerted effort to educate and inform the industry of the ECAP silicon capacitor and its performance. Uh, especially in bypass and decoupling applications, very stable technology. It was critical to the design and the success of the integrated voltage regulator, um, but uh, we allow access to ECAP both through the IVR as well as a standalone product. So yes, I think it's been a great uh, show overall. Thank you. It's good to be back at the show because I have a lot of friends here. We network and we can find out what's new in the industry and see what's going on. It's the best place to be. Live. Okay, we're a core winding house. We do custom uh, windings, as you can see here, uh, for power, automotive, and aerospace. And I expect to find out if there's any new projects out there and see if there's any new people out there that we can do business with. Can you tell me which are your projects in particular? My projects? I do it all. I'm, I'm the sales manager. I, I, I'm in charge of all the sales. So, and, uh, well, and networking and working on contracts. Yeah, it's, uh, for one, it's great to be back to be able to see people again, visit with suppliers and actually see face-to-face -face and talk with them. Um, you know, for us, it is, it's not so much as finding new customers, it's making, remaking connections with old customers and, um, you know, there's transition with every company, so, you know, people leave, new people come in and we make that connection with uh, the new engineers, uh, new designers, uh, usually, uh, you know, Guys like me on the older side of it that, uh, you know, maybe leaving, getting out of the business and uh, mentoring the younger engineers coming along. And that's what we'd like to see. 
that's a, a good thing to see around here with them so that we can really get a chance to uh, meet with them and work with them. Basically, you know, what we're doing, since we're primarily custom manufacturing, we um, we really show our capability is really what the, we're out after, showing uh, the extent, uh, the wide range of products that we cover, and uh, then, you know, talk with people that try to fit into, that might be looking for this type of business, uh, or this type of product. Uh, we don't do the simple commodity type items too much. We've got a few in the catalog, but for the most part, we're looking for someone, uh, connect with someone that's doing something special, needs uh, something a little more unique, something that's more difficult, uh, maybe a strange environment or whatever, and then work with them on that. So it's really to make that initial connection. Thank you so much to everyone. I spoke with great industry top leaders at APEC. It was wonderful to meet you in person and talk about power electronics. See you all at the next PCIM event in Nuremberg, Germany. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this uh, on the podcast page at etimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown in this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspencore Media, the host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio, and the producer is James Eat. Thank you everyone for listening. See you next episode. Stay tuned.